Welcome to the Compass Church Podcast with Pastor Tim Jacobs, a ministry of Compass Church with your Arizona. Join us now as we look into God's Word to be challenged and changed. Hey, how we doing? You know, I'm telling you, um, these guys, I just love their energy and I love their passion leading us into worship and it's just authentic and it's real. And so I want to welcome you. I'm Tim Jacobs, lead pastor here at Compass. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be doing what we traditionally do at Compass during this time of the year, which is take a look forward. It's the beginning of the year. And so um, they say that if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time which is why you should always have a sense of direction and strategy and a plan. You should always have clear goals. You know, whatever you're doing in in life and and in, in in your job and in your hobbies or whatever it is, to have some kind of clear goal. And so it's no different here. And we at Compass want to operate with what we would call a a holy discontent. And what that means is that while we always want to be grateful for what we have and what God is doing and what he's continued to do in our lives, we also want to stay hungry. And we, we, we want to say, you know, good enough never is. And so how do we keep reaching? Because we believe that, and we take seriously this idea that there is a mission that God has invited us into. It's a never-ending mission. Well, we'll end someday, but on his terms, not on ours. And it's a grand and beautiful mission. And so we define it here simply as helping people find their way to God. You see it on our logo. We try to splash it everywhere we can. Compass Church, helping people find their way to God. Because really we believe that what we want to be up to is what God is up to. That God is is showing people who he is. He's revealing himself. And the best way that he reveals himself in one way is through creation, but more through anything else is through us through the people that he has chosen and redeemed to go and help other people see. And so you yourself might be a Christian and you found forgiveness and the incredible peace that comes from embracing grace. You know, all these songs that we sing and all the angst that people have in the world and chasing after idols that are destroying them, alcohol and drugs and sex and and money and all these things that take a hold of a person's life and just eat them away from the inside out. And when you're a Christian, you surrender those things, and you, and you, you take on um, the righteousness of Christ, and you're forgiven for your past sins. You don't live in that shadow anymore, and, and it should produce this amazing amount of peace and fulfillment in your life. You know, life's not going to be perfect, but it should radically transform your life. And while that's awesome, there are so many people who live around you who don't know that who've never felt that, who've never experienced that. And so they may say, hey, they're happy, and they may be happy. And that's maybe because the idols that they are bowing down to have not yet consumed them. And so the holy discontent is that nagging discontent that we have, that nagging sense inside us as we look around to our friends and our neighbors and we say, you know, we have this incredible peace and and we see that they don't and we watch them struggle through life. And a lot of times the problems they have are their own making because of poor choices, because of wrong assumptions about themselves and the world and God and everything else. And so the question is, what are you going to do about it? And I think it's harder the older you get to just kind of go, well, this is the way that it is. This is the way it's always going to be. It's never going to change. But does it bother us that the people that you live and work among every day 
haven't seen what you see. So the only reason we're here, the only reason we're here at Compass Church is to present to our community the beautiful picture of Christ, that forgiveness can be found, and that peace can be found, and that they are not alone, and that God loves them. God loves all of us. And so we, we try to work diligently at, at that goal every year, every, every week. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to take a look ahead, and we're going to realign ourselves with our purpose and try to give you a crystal clear understanding of our why and then our what. What do we hope to do and what do we hope to see specifically in 2018? Because our plan it's not like really anything different, but more than anything else, it's just we're going on offense this year. And you'll see specifically what that looks like, but we're going on offense, guys. We're not just going to wait around for stuff to happen. We're not just going to keep doing normal services and just kind of hope people show up. We're going to go on offense. And so to start us off, if you have a Bible, turn me to 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to look specifically at verse 8. 1 Thessalonians is a very small book towards the back of your Bible in the New Testament. It's only a few pages in most people's Bibles, and really what it is is it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in the ancient city of Thessalonica, and it's a relatively younger, um, in terms of not so much maybe age-wise, but in terms of the faith. They're relatively new Christians that he's writing to. And the reason he's writing this letter is he's reminding them of his approach, that his whole purpose has been to help them find their way to God. And so you'll see that as we, we read this. And it's, it's, a, it's just one verse we're going to look at, but it strikes a tone that I think is so profound and helpful for us as we think about how are we going to fulfill the mission that God has given us. We uniquely here in Goodyear, and while there's so many wonderful churches, you know, I always tell our third-time guests when they come to our, uh, our um, backstage pass event that we have, I always say, hey, listen, I'd love to hear where you came from or how you found our church, but please don't say anything bad about other churches in the area you might have left, like, oh, I left that church because they were terrible, because I know all the pastors around here, and they're doing a great job, and we're all on the same team, and we're all trying to do, we all have the same mission, and just God puts us in different environments and, and connects us with different people. And so we're excited about the unity that we have. But this is what he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. He says, because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And so he says, look, when, 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 I, when, I, when I showed up to the city of Thessalonica and, and, I, and I began to, to tell you about the truth that I found, it wasn't enough just to come knock on your door and say, hello, you don't know me from anybody, but uh, would you like to know Jesus? I didn't, I didn't do that. I was delighted not only to share with you what was in my heart, but my very life, we, because we loved you. We, we still love you. And so we, we, we actually want to have an authentic relationship with you. And so when it comes to helping people find their way to God, it's always got to start with, um, a, a, with love, genuine and authentic love, just loving the people that God has put around us. And the problem with that is, and, and I, I listened to the popular radio talk show host, Dennis Prager, and he, he, lo- he loves to point out, he makes the point that there's so many people out there, they say they love humanity, but in truth, they, when it comes to human beings, they hate humans. They love humanity. Oh, it's for the good of humanity. I just, I love humanity, but, but it's the individuals that they hate so much. And that's really true, right? It's easy to say you love people, but when it comes down to the individuals God has placed in your life, that's the challenge. And so as we sit here in Goodyear, Arizona, and the surrounding communities, let me ask you the question, do you love the people that God has put in your life? 
Do you love the people around you? And I don't mean strangers, that's humanity. I mean, it's just, that's, 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 I mean the people, the names, the people that you know, that you talk to, that you work with, that you live next door to, that you see at soccer practices and HOA meetings and the gym and whatever else, your neighbors. Do you love them? And here's the thing, you may not even like them. People are hard to like, you know? But you don't need to like. If you liked everybody around you, you'd be like a unicorn, right? I mean, like people would go, no one like that exists. No one likes everyone around them because people are different and they're difficult and they're challenging. That's not the question. That's the question, do you like everybody in your life? You know, of course you don't like everybody in your life, but do you love them? See, loving people means realizing that as of today, January 13th, God has placed a certain number of people within proximity to you. See, that's the thing. We often think, well, I'd love people if they were these kind of people, you know? If I lived over here, there'd be all these cool people. I'd I'd love to love them. But here's the crazy thing about when we talk about loving people. So again, when Paul says, listen, because we loved you, we shared not only the gospel, but our very lives. We were authentic. We were true. And so it starts with not just saying, well, when I meet people that I really respect or what I really admire or, you know, are into the same things that I am, then I can, I can love them. It's like, no, right now, January 13th, you live in this part of the world and God has placed you here for a reason and you already have names. You don't need to meet anybody else. You don't need to go into any other circles. Right now, there are people that God has foreordained you and I to be around. And those are the people that he has placed around you in this time. It's not going to really get much different. Do you love those people? We've heard this a million times, but it bears repeating. Jesus said when he was asked what the greatest commandment is, he goes, that's easy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So all of the good things you can do, right? All of the things that God wants you to do to be obedient to him or whatever else. All that stuff fits under the massive heading of loving God and then loving your neighbor. Do you see your neighbor? Do you see your neighbor? Do you see the people around you? You know, because if you love God, you're gonna naturally begin to want to open your eyes and see the people around you. It's funny, like my, my daughter, you know, when you have a 14-year-old girl in your house, you, you're able to stay up on the evolution of the English language because it's always changing, right? At least in the teenage world. So the other day, like I was saying something and, and I was trying to make a point and she's like, I see you, Dad. Yeah, I see you. I see you. I'm like, where is this coming from? You're like, but now it's like, I see you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, whatever. Okay, I never heard that before. But anyway, so she sees me. Uh, thank you. I'm glad, glad, glad I'm, I'm glad I'm seen. Thank you. But it's, it's a profound thing. Like, do, do, do I see the people around me or do I just like, eh, you know, they're just like faces that pass by or I just assume they're always going to be there. So they asked that question because I mean, I don't like this kind of, I don't like to talk about love because it's, it's squishy, you know, I don't know. I, I like to define things, right? So what does it mean to love people? That's a good question. What does it mean to love a person? It does not mean to have nice feelings about them. That's a bonus if, you can, if that happens, but it doesn't always happen. Feelings go up and down, right? 
And it really, it's in many cases, it's the most irrelevant thing in the world. So what does it mean? I think what, what to love a person, and the way Jesus talks about this, and the, the scripture just, and we'll talk about this in a second, but if I could define it crystal clear, to love the people in your life means to actively seek their good. Not do what they want you to do all the time. Not get involved with everything they're involved with. Not to do what you think is good for them, but to seek their good. So the critical question is, are you seeking the good in the people around you? Man, that's a huge question, right? I mean, that just peels back all these layers. Because Paul says from the beginning, because we loved you so much. Well, why did he love them so much? Because they were the people that God put in his midst. You know, they were just there. They weren't really just special people. They just, he, he, he threw his heart open. And this is where it gets heavy because your desire to seek the good in others is a direct indicator of your spiritual maturity. And this is one thing we hammer over and over here at Compass because being spiritually mature is not dependent upon your ability to to memorize all kinds of Bible verses, although that helps. It helps helps to know the Bible, but it isn't like rattling off Bible verses or rattling off theological concepts or how much you know about all these things about, you know, apologetics or defending the faith and all the specifics. That has no indication of spiritual maturity. Now, to some degree, your your personal holiness is, is, is part of spiritual maturity. But more than anything else, how you love the people around you is a direct indicator of your spiritual maturity, your closeness with God. Look what it says in 1 John chapter 3. It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So he says that, we, we just know, like no one ever did that. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother and sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Look at this, look at this. This is the kicker. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Oh, that's good. See, this is like, this is challenging yourself. Like you could take that verse, you could meditate on it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and you could put it like at the center of your soul, you know, and you could try to think, what does that look like for me in my life? And it would revolutionize you as a person. And it would demand everything from you, would it not? It would demand everything from you. Actions and truth. Now this is serious business because we haven't scratched the surface of what this looks like. You really have to have your stuff together if you can do this. Why? Because most people are so wrapped up in themselves that they cannot, they can't, they don't have the capacity to see beyond them because they are so full of their own issues. They can't extend themselves out. And so what happens is when you see a verse like this, hey, you know what love is? It's not just empty words, okay, and a speech it's laying your life down for your brother. Who wants to do that? Because I got a million reasons why my brother deserves whatever's coming to him, right? I got a million reasons why I can't do that. So what I have to do is it causes me to step back. And, and again, this, you, know, how you say, well, Tim, what does that have to do with the vision for the church? It has everything to do with the vision of the church. Because guys, I'm telling you what, people, listen, people don't care about, you know, you go up to someone and you say, Hey, like, okay, so like a few years ago, I was, my son was younger, he was playing basketball, he had basketball practice at at this park over here in Goodyear. 
And I was on the sidelines just watching. It was dark. And these two guys came up to me. And they're from a very reputable church in the area. You know, it was a good, it's a good church. But they start kind of, they start witnessing to me. You know, like tell me about the gospel. And there's, you know, and it's kind of like, they were, they were, they, you could tell they kind of practiced this, you know, and they start talking to me, asking me some questions, you know, whatever, and they start t- telling me all the gospel. And they're like, okay, well, what do you think? And I don't know, I decided I was just kind of like mess with them a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, I hear what you're saying and all, but I'm just, I just have to think about it, you know. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, I said, well, thanks, thanks. I'm like, all right. You know, and then they just kind of walked away. And I don't know, I felt kind of bad. Like, should I just said, no, I'm on your team. But, but I kind of want to just, you know, I didn't want to give it, I didn't want to make it easy on them, right? I just wanted to mess with them a little bit. But, but because I, I didn't want them to think, oh, they just got to come. But now here's the problem. Like, they don't, have, they don't know who I am. I could have said, said, well, you know, I'm the pastor of Compass Church and we're here to help people find their way to God. You know, I could have done that. Oh, wow, YouTube. I'm like, they don't know who I am. So you walk up to somebody, you have no relationship with them at all, and you start talking, well, most people aren't going to respond well to that. They're not going to go, I hear what you're saying. That's great. Let me change my whole life right now because some stranger walked up to me. It doesn't work. It might have worked a generation ago and when, when the, maybe the culture was just more trusting of random people walking up and talking to you about things. You have a relationship with people. And once you just have a natural relationship with people, then you, you, you know, you, you earn the right to speak into their lives. And so we go back to the original verses because we loved you. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And so right here for our strategy for 2018, you know, originating from a heart of love, we just, we just seek to make the lives of the people around us better. We just seek to be a positive, we seek to be people who like, other people are like, I'm really glad that person's in my life. And then once they just like, having a real friendship of integrity, then at just some point it just comes up, right? And so what we're gonna do um, is, when we, if we could boil down our, 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 our strategy, or in terms of our, our, the way that we want you to think this year, we all wanna think this way, when it comes to what is Compass Church, you know, how are we going to fulfill the mission of God this year? That's really the best way to put it. How are we, how are we going to do the thing that God's asked us to do? And it really boils down to two words. Invest and invite. That's it. Invest and invite. Exactly what the verse said. You have out of a heart of love, you just invest in the people's lives around you. And you just become friends with them. And you just talk, you just act like a normal person. And then what happens is, at some point, they go, you know, there's something about you that's just different. Or they build, you build up enough trust where they have something in their life they're willing to talk to you about, and you say, hey, listen, I hear you. Let me tell you how, how I dealt with that. And they believe you, not because they think you're trying to sell them something, but because you, 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 you honestly have a relationship. You know? And so that's what we have to, that's what we have to do. And you know, it's one of the things that, that um, best compliments I've gotten throughout my life like I'll be on a, and, and normally this doesn't really happen, well, on a, let's say on an airplane or whatever else, but it's when I, t- when I get to know someone and we have a conversation for a while, and there's somehow, some way, whether it's on a plane or maybe it's more extensive, like I get to see someone a lot over a period of time, and then they ask me what I do for a living and they find out I'm a pastor, and they're shocked. Like, you're a pastor? I'm like, yeah, is that okay? I mean, you know, I don't tell them right away too because they, people, they, they, everyone's got their own, you know, they just, it's like saying you're a lawyer, you know? Oh, great. I'm going to hang out with this guy, right? 
So, so I, just, I just say, you know, I just don't talk about it. And then when it comes up, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. And, and, it's, and I don't know what it is because they remember back, you know, their pastor was like, like crusty and mean and whatever, or the guy, the church that they went to. And, and so they have a real conversation with like, I try to be as normal as I can, even though I'm not really normal at all, but I try to fake it, right? Um, like, what would a normal person do in this situation? Okay. So and then I, and I try, but I just try to be a normal human being and, talk, and try to extend myself a little bit. And then it's amazing. So it's one of the best compliments because it means that, that they're surprised because they think they're going to get something. If it's a pastor, they think they're going to get someone who's just going to like cram the gospel down their throat. But that doesn't work. That's not what I want to do. It's disingenuous. I'd much rather have a person go, hey, I trust you. I trust you now as a brother or a sister, a fellow human being on this planet, and we're both on this journey trying to find how to get somewhere. So I don't have to have all this religious talk. I don't have all this over-spiritual conversation. I don't have to use all these words. I can just be a regular dude in a place. And then all of a sudden, when real life comes up, now it's time to say, hey, listen, um, th- I'll, I'll tell you, this is how it's, it's happened for me. Or I'll tell you, you know, I'm going to this place called Compass Church. Oh, uh, church is crazy. I know church, a lot of churches are crazy, okay? And this one's not perfect, but I've been going there for a while, and it's amazing, like, how different it is from, I really enjoy it. So if you have some, if you come here and you like this place, why would you not want someone else in your life to like what you like as well? To see what you see, because it's not just the church, forget the church, it's, it's the gospel, but the way to the gospel is through the church. It's the easiest mechanism. And so one of the reasons that we don't fill up our church calendar with endless activities is because we, 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 you know, we do it. Because people go, why don't you have someone on this night and this night and this night? Because we don't want to hang, take this the right way, I don't want to hang out with you every day. I love you, but I don't want to be with you every day. I, I, I want you to go out and hang out with the people that need Jesus. I don't need Jesus. I mean, I do, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of get it. So you, you go out and hang out with people that don't know Jesus, and you need to have time to do that because you've got your family and your job and your everything else in your life. And so, yeah, please come to church. I mean, some of you, it's like, you know, not you, but I mean, some people are like once a month or whatever. So please come regularly here because you'll be strengthened, but don't, you don't have to be here every day because we're going to create space in your life for you to be a normal person out in the community where God has placed us to be able to be salt and light and an example and a witness and answers and truth to the people around us. So you have to, to, re, to make real authentic relationships. And so, over the course of that, you will hopefully work up enough trust and enough credibility to, for someone to be able to say, when the bottom drops out of their life, who am I going to go to? You know, that person, she seems like she, she's got it. She's not perfect, but she seems like she's got some, some depth to her. Or she's told me about church before. I think I'm going to go talk to her. Or it's even less, it's more proactive than that. It's, hey, listen, um, I just, I know, uh, I, you know, no pressure at all, but we have this thing coming up at our church. It's pretty cool. I just think you might like it. Try it once. And you know why I say that? It's not because I'm just, oh, is Tim just trying to grow the church? Well, kind of, because I don't want you know, people to not find Jesus. But this is a great vehicle. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. You see, um, we're serious about this, so we've decided to put our money and our effort where our mouth is. So we tell you a lot, a lot of times that we design this service. And this is, this is a, you know, a little bit different because we're talking about our vision for the year, right? But we design our services with guests in mind. Okay, so we give our first-time guests the best parking because we figure if you come to a new place, you're going to be confused as to where to go. 
We try to have decent signage so it's not so it's clear where things are because we don't expect you to, you know, if you've been here for a few weeks, you're like, ah, I know where the kids' ministry is and where the bathroom is and where that is or whatever. You start to know where things are. Well, new people don't know that. This is why we, we have someone stand up and say, hey, our service lasts 75 minutes. Well, why is that? Because how many have been to a church the last three hours? I don't know about you, but I go into a place and I'm like, I, whatever it is, I'm like, how long is this going to take? And where's the door? Right? I don't know. I mean, why? You know, I'm a captive. If, I, if I'm in there, I mean, what, what do you do? I've been in some places where I'm like, dear God, how long is this going to, I'm going to die in here. I, they will ha- I will die in this place. This will be the last place I live. Right here. I'll take my last, because they won't let me go. So you just give people, hey, and it's about 75 minutes. They go, all right, I can handle that. This is because how would you know? You don't know. And so, and this is another reason why we, one of the reasons, well, you know, in the past, we used to, every week we'd have like our greeting time where we, hey, shake the hand of the person, you know, uh, next to you. And that's totally cool. And the extroverts love that. When we started reading research, that, that first time guests, they hate that. Because they're like, I don't want to talk to anybody, you know. No, no, seriously, like I was at a church in California, a big mega church. And I love, I love, I came from a mega church, but I was at a different one because there's a lot of them out there. And I was at this one and I'd never been there before. And, and, and they were all standing up singing and worshiping and whatever. And then they said, hey, turn around and hug somebody. And no joke, Captain Steubing from the love boat, the guy who played Captain Steubing, turned around and gave me this big old bear hug. He's like, hey, come here. Which I thought was kind of cool. You know, I'm like, hey, I know you. Um, I've seen you on TV. But, but for a lot of people, that just freaks them out. So we just go, hey, we don't try to be unfriendly. But we know that most people, if they're new, they just kind of want to, hey, you know what? I just kinda, I'm just kind of checking this out. Don't be putting all this pressure on. So we read research that just said more and more as culture's changing, people just prefer to kind of, you know, and then extroverts hate it because they're like, well, we want to be able to talk to people. I'm like, okay, well, once in a while we'll do it. But we're still trying to really think about what is the experience to be like for your friend that you're bringing here so they don't get freaked out. Okay, so now... But this is also why we try to define our words here. So we don't just get up and use all these big theological words. We try to say, like I always say, turn to First Thessalonians in the back of your Bible. Because I don't assume everybody knows where that is. You might have grown up in church and you have a Bible memorized to 15 different tunes and you, you, know, you know it backwards and forwards or whatever. Well, a lot of people don't. So we, 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 we try to make it, we try to make it personal. We try to clear the static. That's all it is, guys. That's all it is. So your friend can come here and get a clear message. That's it. We don't want to have to make them jump over all these hoops of our culture that they don't understand. Now, while we've been doing that every week, we're actually going to kick things up a little bit, and here's why. Because what we've realized and what we're thinking about is the fact that, you know, you go, hey, well, listen, we want you to bring your friends. We want you to have this place be a place where you can, and some of you maybe did tonight, you know, and you're like, this is a little weird, but I'm, it's, I'm just telling you that this is like our vision thing so you understand where we're going. Hopefully you'll see our sincerity here. But we also realize that some people go, well, you know, if I can bring my friend any weekend, then I'll just bring him uh, next weekend because it won't matter. But then the other side of that too is you're like, but I don't know what they're going to do next weekend. What if they talk about tithing? You know, which just happens, right? Like people go, man, I was like for a year, I was asking my friend to come to church. They're going to talk about money. I go, no, 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 no. And then you show up and you talk about tithing. You know, how could you do that? You know, and I go, yeah, but it was good because when I talk about tithing, it's fun. They're like, no, it was horrible. So, you know, so, so you know, we realize, okay, that could be a barrier. Because if you don't know what we're going to say, maybe we're going to talk about some other really sensitive thing, you know, like same-sex marriage or whatever else. And it's like, well, I don't want to bring my friend to that, at least initially, because that's, like, that's not a good front door kind of conversation to have with someone that's got a lot of preconceived notions about things. I understand that. So what, we, what we're going to do 
is in 2018, we're going to have a series of what we're going to call Reach Weekends. And Reach Weekends are basically going to be once a month, okay, and we know our strategy is Reach, Connect, Grow, and Send. You learn that in Life360. It's kind of like our four, you know, reach, um, reach people, connect them to God and other people, and, and grow them in their faith, and then send them out to go, whatever. That's kind of our whole little process, right? So we're going to do um, a series of what we're going to call Reach Weekends that are going to be specifically designed not going to be that much different, but we're going we're to ratchet everything up a notch so that, that, that you can be thinking, and you'll know where these, when these are in advance, and you can be thinking, okay, this is a clutch moment. This is a time that I'm really, really encouraged to just to bring my unchurched, non-Christian friend to just check it out. And we're not going to do, we're not going to, it's not, not a, not a high-pressure sales thing. It's just show up and see. It's almost like kind of an Easter. We kind of ratchet things up. We're just going to kind of do that similarly. And it's not going to be some big revival thing where we're going to, you know, like, you got to decide right now. No, it's just check out who we are. We're going to put our best foot forward. Kind of like if you invite someone to your home, you want to make sure it's clean and neat, pick up your underwear off the floor, and right? But people go, well, it's me. It's who I am. Yeah, but the guests don't want to see that. So, so just kind of like tidy the place up. So we're going to be trying to make everything a little bit better on reach weekends. So we told our staff, it's all hands on deck. Our key leaders, it's all hands on deck. Like we want to do every week, but really we want to kick it up even more so that you can have in your mind, hey, this is a critical weekend. If I was ever to bring a friend, I know they're not going to talk about tithing. That We're not going to talk about tithing in a reach weekend. We're not going to, you know, talk about some other crazy thing. We're going to make something that's really going to be um, designed to be able to give your, your friend that you've been investing in a clear picture of not only who we are, but who the gospel is because we're delighted not only to share the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And so that's what we're going to do. A Reach Weekend is a specific opportunity to invite those we've been investing in. So while you're free to invite people on any weekend, that's where we're just going to kick things up a little more. So it begins to be on the radar screen for us. So now our first Reach reach Weekend is going to be in two weeks, on the 27th and 28th. So we're going to have a normal service like this, but there's going to be a few other added elements and a few things we're going to do outside and, you know, some stuff for the kids and, and some other things that are just going to kind of kick it up a little bit. And it's going to be fun. So, in fact, we're, gonna, we're still going to be uh, like a normal sermon. We're starting a new series called Bold as a Lion. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all about dealing with things that are in front of you. We're going to look, through, look at the book of Joshua. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a great time. But here's the deal. You know our tagline, as we said before, and I'll throw it back up there again, helping people find their way to God. And here's what we realize. I think a lot of people look at that and go, yeah, that's cool, that's great. This church helps people find their way to God. And you go, okay, I get it. I, that's why I'm here. I'm on board. This is a church that helps people find their way to God. But here's the thing that we, I think we're, we're missing. We're missing a, a layer here. Because it's not the organization that helps people find their way to God. It's it's you and it's me as individuals. So when you come here and you go, hey, this is a great church because they're helping people find their way to God. No, 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 no. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not about us or the church. It's you. So, you know, um, you're supposed to say, I'm, I'm, hel- I'm here to help the people in my life find their way to God. So our job as an organization, this is exciting for me, um, our job as an organization is to help you help others find their way to God. Kind of like the old Jerry Maguire movie, remember? Help me help you, right? I put it on the screen. Um, We're here to help you help others find their way to God. 
That's it, right? So, so it's, it's not the church's job as an organization to help. It's your job and my job as individuals to go out and invest and invite, and then the church partners with you by what we do here and how we create environments and opportunities for you to begin to show the people that are in your life, because they're just not going to come randomly. 99% of the people who show up to this church without being invited are already Christians, and that's great if that's you, but, you know, cool. So a lot of people are moving to Phoenix. Well, that's great, and they're looking for a new church, and that's, that's you. I'm glad you're here, but I'm not you know, I'm asking you to join us in this endeavor to find the people that are here and, and aren't, haven't yet had a chance to see clearly what it is that we see. I thought the Jerry Maguire thing was kind of funny. Maybe it's dated. Is it an old, it's an old movie now, isn't it? It's kind of sad. So some of you millennials are like, what's that? It's like, Tom Cruise looks like he's 12, you know? Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's it. Invest and invite. So what are we asking you to do? It's real simple. Start by inviting or investing in the people around you. See them. The names that you take for granted every day. And seek their good by sharing your life with them. So, you know, we got reach weekends. We got one coming up in two weeks. We'll give, we're going to, you know, give you all kinds of reminders about that. We have one in February. We have, we're doing Inside Out. We're doing Easter. That's obvious reach weekends, right? Christmas Eve is an obvious reach weekend. We have some other ideas of some things that I can't say yet because I don't know if they're going to happen, but we're trying to work on some cool stuff that just be different, you know, for us to just raise the temperature here. And so, um, and, and by the way, it's not like we're afraid of addressing controversial subjects. I mean, I, I, we talk about hell. We'll talk about same-sex marriage. We'll talk about tithing. We'll talk, I don't care. I'll talk about anything. I don't care because if it's in the scripture, we'll talk about it. But just know that, that what we're trying to do, again, is on those weekends specifically gear that to where you can bring a friend and be confident, hey, you know what? I really think that static is going to be as, as limited as possible so that they can really get the message. If they reject Jesus, they reject Jesus. That's fine. We don't want them to reject Jesus because there's something lame that we did, you know? So anyway, <clears throat> here's what you have in your, in your program. You have this card that we made up for you, Invest and Invite. It's my top five. And we're just asking you to come up with five people in your life that you can begin to pray for and just say, you know what, I'm just gonna love these people. I'm just gonna kind of adopt these people. And if they never come to church, fine, but I'm just gonna, how can I be the best picture of Jesus? How can I make their lives better? How can I just begin to develop a relationship and extend myself? And maybe that means you dealing with some of your own stuff because you're so overwhelmed that you can't even think beyond yourself. Or maybe you don't even worry about dealing with your own stuff. Maybe you just start loving people and realize that when you do that, your stuff will take care of itself because it's probably not as big as you think it is. And so you, you can write these names down of people, and I want you to kind of hang on to this. You know, don't show them, like, here, you're one of my top five. Um, you know, <laughs> write a person's name down and put it on your nightstand or your dresser or stick it somewhere so you can be rem reminded to pray for and engage the people. Now, let me give you the why. Like, why do all this stuff? Because the gospel is the only hope of our town. It's the only hope. But people just like you and me have. And like either we believe that or we don't. You know what I mean? Either we're there or we're not. You know, I listen to all these podcasts um, and I love, there's these guys I listen to and, and there's just some fun stuff out there and, and, and like motivation, not motivational, but I mean a lot of good leadership stuff, right? And they're helpful to me in many ways, but the amazing thing is, you know, it's, it challenges me, always being challenged, like, be your best self, right? Here's how you can get better. And like, I'm, so I, I kind of eat that stuff up. Like, how can I be better in everything in my life? Like, as a father, and as a husband, as a, as a dude, as a pastor, you know, I'm just like, I want to be, be better, right? 
And so they're always, and it's a lot of not even like guys that aren't even believers, you know, they're just leadership guru guys, and, and so they're kind of, you know, challenging me, be your best self, be your best self. But I got news for you. My best self is dying. It's dying. So is yours. You don't hear that, that ticking sound? You don't hear the clock running? It's there. Because you're a year older than you were last year. You have less time than you did last year. Everybody wants to focus on this tiny little life that we have, and no one wants to deal with the elephant in the room, and that is the scene is still the same, but the cast of characters is constantly changing because we're losing people all the time, and when is it going to be you? Oh, it won't happen to me. <laughs> okay. It won't happen to my friend that I just think is always going to be there. No one wants to acknowledge that we are in a massive race against time. And no one knows when the sand in your little hourglass is going to go out. And there are consequences and implications for that. And if you say you love people, then we better help the people around us be crystal clear about what happens beyond this life. Because friends don't let friends go to hell. And this is, you know, I don't know how to say it. So I'm going to call it out. In case you don't think that this is a reality in people's minds, then I would give you the curious case of Ms. Elizabeth Fung, who had an interesting experience today. Mrs. Elizabeth Fung, who's a California resident, was in Hawaii this morning looking at property to buy, assuming she's got a little bit of coin. So she's looking at properties when all of a sudden her smartphone gave her an alert of an incoming missile, ballistic missile, and told her to take shelter immediately. This is not a drill. And if you were in Hawaii today and you had a smartphone, you got the same message. And it took 39 minutes for them to correct the false alarm. About as long as this sermon, give or take. 39 minutes where Elizabeth Fung waited. And when they interviewed her, she said this, I prayed to God and asked for forgiveness of my sins and for him to protect us. Why? Because that's what you do when the sand is about to completely run out in your hourglass. You stop thinking about property. You stop thinking about retirement. You stop thinking about where you're going to have lunch. And you say, God, forgive me because I know I'm a sinner. And if I don't make it off this island, I need forgiveness now. The funny thing is, it wasn't a false alarm. I mean, the missile was a false alarm. But the reminder of mortality was incredibly real. Otherwise, I don't know what we're doing here. I really don't. I don't know what we're doing here. Because, I mean, I get up every week and do a dog and pony show and, hey, you know. 
I'm not interested in that. I was thinking about it. If you're a pastor in Hawaii, you probably want to set up a few extra chairs this weekend. <laughs> what a killer opportunity, man. I wish that would have happened here, man. That would have been great. What would you have to do to get him to make a mistake like that here? Invest and invite, guys. That's what it's about. Because grace is there, man. It's there. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. And I've seen it, I've seen it take root in your lives your life, your life. I've seen it take root in your lives and I see how it's transformed your life. And I guess I'm just asking you, join me, join us in helping people find their way to God. You know? Invest and invite. I want to pray that that happens. Let's do that together. God, this is kind of a, this is our little annual, one of two annual meeting, so to speak. This is where we kind of bring it in, hands in the middle, and realign ourselves to what this church is all about. We're not here to be a, uh, a closed off, cloistered, insulated bubble from the world, but we are here to broadcast hope. But it's not going to happen unless we, God, are loving the people that you've purposefully and by your amazing, intelligent will and by your supreme wisdom have placed in our midst even when we think you should never have done such a thing. The people that live around us mean everything to you. And so I pray that our church would swing really hard this year. Pray that we wouldn't, we wouldn't just do what we normally do just for the sake of doing it. But they would capture the sense of urgency as, as Elizabeth had. Time is short. So thank you for that uh, challenge, for the reality. And God, all you ask us to do is love. You don't ask us to do awkward, weird things that violate our temperament, that talk to strangers. You don't need to do that. Just love the people you've already put around us, invest and invite. And God, I pray that we would do that so that more people could find the peace that we've found. And if they don't stay at Compass, who cares? Just that more people could know the peace we've found. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. Why not ask God to change your life so you can go and change your world for Him? To find out more about our church online, go to www.compasschurch.info and we'll see you next time.